unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, we record these episodes pretty far in advance, usually about a month in advance. And I'm in Colorado, you're in California, and we're both like right on the edge of raging wildfires right now as we record. We are. In fact, yesterday um, I woke up to total darkness, and when the sun started to peek out, the sky was red. It was eerie, like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah, it's, I've been seeing some of the pictures on Facebook of the California skyline, and it looks like a, an apocalyptic movie scenario. Yeah, but it's real. Yeah. So I have no idea how that segues into today's topic, but when I was seeing some of those pictures, it was rising a bunch of emotions in me. So maybe you can do something with that. Well, yeah, emotions. Emotions make the world go round. One particular emotion, and that's love, according to the late singer-songwriter from the 60s, Dion Jackson, love is the emotion that makes the world go round most of all. But there are 11 other emotions that make the world go get their credit cards and push the order button. And it's conventional wisdom among a lot of copywriters that there are only two emotions that really make people go get their credit cards and push the order button, and that's greed and fear. Today I'm gonna to show you there are other ones and that you can use them in their, your copy. I think you'll be surprised, and by the end of today's show, you'll agree with me. You'll see that each of these emotions, when presented in the right way to your prospect, each one demands action, and action is what it's all about. But now that you mention it, Here's also what it's all about. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, so let's start with why emotions are so important and how credible the list of 11 we're going to cover in these two podcasts are. I say these two because we've only got time for half of the list today, so we'll do part two next week and get the other half. Okay, to start, embedded in the word emotion is the word motion. And that's not just a bunch of clever or lame wordplay. It's important because people rarely take action. That is, they rarely go into motion without the motivation of emotions pushing them. And direct response copywriting is all about getting people into motion. If we can understand these emotions well enough to spur them in our prospects, then we stand a better chance of making a sale we stand a chance of making more sales. And what's more than that, by giving your prospect 
copy that lets them experience these emotions in relation to how your copy helps them, you make reading your copy a more meaningful experience for them. Let me say that again. If you can give people an emotional experience, a genuine emotional experience that brings you closer to them rather than turns them against you, right? Then you make your copy more meaningful for them when they read it. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. That will bond them to you. That will increase trust. That will increase sales. So let's get to the list, okay? This list comes from a book by one of my favorite writers. um, And the book is called Intelligence in the Flesh. The writer is Guy Claxton. Here's what the cover looks like. Okay. So Guy, the author, is a very clear-seeing professor in the UK, professor of psychology, learning um, the mind-body connection. That's what this book is about. And he has um, some great insights. The list of emotions that we're going to go over today is only two pages of a 300-page book. And he really did his homework. He drew these emotions mostly from the lifetime work of two geniuses, Professor Paul Ekman from the University of California, San Francisco, and the late Professor Jack Panksee of Bowling Green University in Ohio. Just as important, everything about these emotions in this book rings true to me after 30 years of copywriting and coaching experience. Now, the thing about emotions is a lot of people think of emotions as like a place where you are, like, you know, it's a location. But these are dynamic. Each of these emotions starts somewhere, has a predictable path, and has an ideal goal at the end when the emotion is resolved. So these emotions don't stand still, but what they do, whether you are fully aware of the emotion or not, is it bugs you, bugs the person who has the emotion and won't stop bugging you until the person does something about it and resolves the emotion. Okay, in terms of emotions, one emotion you might be surprised not to find on this list is happiness, okay? That's because happiness doesn't require resolution. I don't think I've ever heard a person say, I'm tired of being happy. I want to feel something else. In fact, for every emotion on the list, the resolution is a particular kind of happiness or end state. And I'll show you what I mean with with each emotion. What I'm going to do is tell you the name of the emotion, talk about how and where it starts, and where it resolves, and then give you a suggestion or two on how to use this in your copy. And Nathan, I know you'll have a lot of ideas. You seem to be a very emotionally fluent person. So um, we'll we'll talk about it. But uh, enough of this intro talk. Um, Anything you want to say before we jump in? Just on happiness. Uh, Happiness is where they're trying to get to, but that's usually not where they're at. And as copywriters, we want to meet them where they're at and then get them to where they need to go. Yeah, great, great point to underline. And in fact, what people find is happiness lasts a lot shorter than they envision. You know, uh, I have a friend who 
really struggled all of his life and and I never heard him say it, but I figured he thought if I have a million dollars, I'd be happy. And he's inherited several million dollars. He's still waiting. Oh, he has his moments of but anyway, all right, let's let's jump into this. Our first emotion is distress. And distress is very specific the way we're defining it here. It shows up when you're upset at bad, even threatening physical conditions. And where do you start? Where do you finish? You start out by feeling anywhere from a little uncomfortable squirming all the way to full out panic, depending on what the stress is about. Starts out squirming or full out panic. And when you work through it and come out on the other side, things start to feel normal again. Maybe you averted the problem. Maybe you were rescued by someone else. But the end state of distress after it's resolved is a form of happiness called comfort. You're comfortable again. So where could you use this in your copy? You could use it in an opening story or in a description along the way. Um, Because it's about physical, um, threatening physical conditions, a pain relief product could work really well, whether it's a supplement or a device used to support or retrain muscles, for example. And you would start by describing the feeling about the pain or the inevitable onset of pain, like like a headache or like a pulled hamstring or um, some kind of pain. And you take the prospect through the process of relief and on to comfort. Now, if you're going to do something like this, I shouldn't have to tell you this, but in case you've never done it before, with something medical, you want to be aware of the regulatory guidelines and stay within them. This is seriously important. You need to find out what the rules are. For example, um, the way I understand it, the FTC doesn't allow you to mention a disease by name in your advertising or use the word cure unless you are marketing big pharma and fda approved big pharma prescription drug Uh, but don't take my word for it Uh, check this out to confirm it what about distress what do you think i only have one thing to add and that is also future distress things that maybe maybe you just got diagnosed with diabetes and Mm. you're not really suffering any of the symptoms other than Maybe you had a you, you fainted at work or something, but now you're looking into it and you're like, oh, I might lose my toes. I might have uh, all these other things that come along with it. So distress doesn't just have to be what they're suffering from right now or the pain that they're suffering from right now. It might be the, the pain that they're worried about suffering in the future. Yeah, I I agree. And that fits in with one of our other emotions, too, which brings up an interesting point, and that is fear. Um, Fear is a a different emotion and and fear of distress. Um, We're we're not playing word games here. That's very real. Um, And like the situation you just described as perfect. Okay, so that's number one, distress. Number two, Our next action emotion is recovery. And you wouldn't think of this as an emotion normally, but it most definitely is. It's the need to recover from exhaustion, illness, or physical injury. You start out, say, flat on your back, and when it's resolved, it's almost like you come back to life again. From the book, A Kind of Happiness You Could Call 
joie de vivre, or zest, or joie de vivre, if you want to say it in American. This could work in the opening of your copy or description later on. So let's say you had an exercise program. In 10 minutes a day, it clears out fatigue and boosts energy all day long. I have yet to find one like this, but let's say you have one. You can get a lot of engagement with your prospect in your copy by taking the prospect through your day or their day, mentioning the frustrations of trying to get things done when your energy is low. Then starting the 10-minute-a-day exercise program. And finally, every day after your 10-minute workout, feeling energized and refreshed. So recovery is an emotion. Now, I, I want to make a point here about these emotions. If you're looking for the magic bullet that's going to close the sale, we cover that in many other podcasts. This is not about that. This is about making it real for your prospect, and more than that, making it meaningful. You can make it real just by describing things visually, um, uh, lots of details, using some of the same language as your prospect. That might not necessarily make it meaningful, but when you actually take someone into an emotional experience with your words, that takes it to a new level, a whole new level, because now it's meaningful, it's significant, it's, it's um, personally relevant in a, at a deeper level. It, it gives that sense of connection and it gives that sense of this person understands where I'm at or where I'm coming from. Exactly. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. All right, let's get to the third one. Uh, the third one, this next emotion, it's probably a lot more familiar than the last two. Um, in terms of what we normally think of as an emotion, it's not pleasant, but it's familiar, and the emotion is disgust. It has a physical component to it. Disgust is the need to keep toxic material from entering your system. And this toxic material could be physical, like a spoiled food or a poison, or Toxic could be an idea, a toxic idea, an idea you really disagree with at a visceral level, or a person, something you find mentally repulsive, someone, something. And disgust starts out by trying to expel something physical from the body, whether it's mental or psychological. You need to expel this. And when you're disgusted, it can also start with withdrawal from life, 
contempt for another person. In some cases, getting obsessed, way too obsessed with cleanliness. And disgust finishes, ends, resolves with a person opening up back to life, re-engagement, getting back in the game. Uh, Disgust is a powerful motivator. It's a negative motivator, but it's a powerful one. It can work in all kinds of situations. Let's take one that no one would ever associate normally with disgust, but I'm going to show you how. Suppose you had a gluten-free chocolate chip cookie that actually tastes as good as the real thing. Have you ever had any of those gluten-free cookies that taste awful? Disgusting. Yeah, but no, let's say you had one that tasted good. What a perfect choice of word. Word. Um, So, and the hero of your story loves milk and cookies. They make him feel centered and calm, just like he's back in his mother's kitchen again and all is right with the world. But he has a gluten sensitivity, a bad one, because every time he would eat a normal cookie, his sinuses would fill up and he would start sneezing like crazy. And that would be even worse if he didn't have a sneeze guard. And um, plus, he would feel nauseated. Uh, And besides all that, he would get disgusted with himself for eating something he knew tasted good but would make him ultimately feel bad. Fortunately, your gluten-free chocolate cookie solves that for him. Milk and cookies. Ah, yes. Milk and cookies, and he can get back to his day. He no longer feels like an outcast. He's back in the flow of life again. So when you can start with disgust and turn it around, man, that can be powerful emotionally, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking of a totally different way that it's being used right now. All right. It's political marketing on both ends of the spectrum. On the right wing, we've got... Look at these disgusting protesters burning down cities and trying to bring in Marxism. Can you imagine what America will be like if politician on this side wins? And then on the other side, you've got, look at this disgusting politician who let hundreds of thousands of Americans die because of his disgusting reaction to COVID-19. And just imagine what America is going to be like if we give him another four more years. It's disgusting. So. Both sides right now are using the disgust and contempt for the other side heavily in their marketing. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm really glad you bring it up. And I also remember way before um, I put this podcast together, Jordan Peterson talked about disgust, particularly in the right wing, that there was a level of disgust. He said that, you know, the whole idea of a wall, not the actual wall, but the idea of a wall to create a barrier to keep the perceived toxins out was a very powerful, if possibly disgusting, um, motivator um, for people. All right, um, so let's move on to our next emotion. And this is one of the emotions that copywriters talk about all the time. Very powerful, it's very familiar, and it is fear. And fear comes from perceiving something as dangerous. Important here, whether the danger 
is real or imagined. If it feels real, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know that in the motivational Kool-Aid dogma of a lot of um, success people, they say fear means false evidence appearing real. Yeah, but if it appears real, it feels real. Okay. Um, not arguing whether you should feel fear, not feel fear, live a life. I'm, uh, what I'm saying is in your copy, it feels real to your prospect. And here's how it goes. It starts with anything from jitters, butterflies in the stomach, to much stronger feelings. As it grows, your attention gets directed to possible routes of escape. And fear resolves when the threat is no longer there. And this is accompanied by a feeling of happiness driven by a sense of relief. Now, you can use fear anywhere in your copy and uh, we see it all the time and it's very powerful and it works. But I want to give you an example for campers. What if you were selling a bear repellent and your prospect likes to go camping but is deathly afraid of bears and rightly so? And for all of my fellow Californians, I know the bear is our state animal. I apologize, but we, we got to do this. Um, so once your camper starts using the bear repellent, those fears are a distant memory. He feels happy and relieved. And there could be a lot of copy in between that. I would add, if you're actually going to sell this product, it damn well had better work every time or you're going to get some really bad reviews on Yelp from surviving family members. Okay. Um, any thoughts about fear? I mean, you probably have too many thoughts, but what are some ones? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't really have too much to add other than um, going back to the distress thing. A lot of these emotions aren't singular. A lot of them can be combined. Uh, not just the fear and distress, but some of these other emotions, disgust and fear can be combined. And some of the ones that we'll be talking about in the future. So um, just just understanding that these can play off of each other. Yeah, and that you don't need to get melodramatic and, and unlaughable about it. I mean, understand that if it's real to your prospect, you need to honor the way they feel. Even if you don't, even if you think their fear is silly, just put that thought in the shelf for a while. You can go back to mocking your prospects later if you really need to do that, but don't do that. But, um, I do Meanwhile, have, uh, I have one other thing to add. Fear yeah. does have it's it's one of those double edged sword things. Fear sometimes can get people where they feel like a deer in the headlight and they don't take any action because they're overcome, they're paralyzed with their fear. But fear also, when someone is in a state of fear, they're looking for a trust a trusted guide to tell them what to do next. So if you understand the, the uh, possible negative consequence of using fear, but you also understand that when someone is afraid of something, they're, they're looking for someone to tell them what to do, then you can be that trusted guide. Yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying is if you're going to put people in the state of fear, give them the escape route, and if you've got the stones, be that escape route, be that guide. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's go to our last one. Very powerful. Um, and it is anger. Our last emotion for today is anger. It means what anger means from a psychological, physiological point of view, according to this book, and I agree with it, it means something that's important to you is under threat. And you are ready to retaliate to defeat the threat, which makes it very different from fear. Fear, you want to retreat. Anger, you want to lean in and move forward. Um, and there are plenty of physical reactions that go with anger. Your blood, it, it, it has a very um, uh, physical aspect to it. Your blood pumps up, your testosterone, and I think this is true for both men and women, floods the system. The face becomes threatening and aggressive. Um, once anger is resolved, happiness happens, driven by a feeling of triumph. You could use anger in an opening story or later in the copy. Here's an example. If you had a self-defense course that was based on how military special operators are trained to defend themselves when they are in a defensive situation where they have no weapons, only their body, you could use anger in this way. It, it flares up when someone tries to mug someone else. The rage starts to rise in the person being attacked. But with a few precision moves, the mugger is disabled and your prospect feels stronger and safe once again. Triumph. Some of the listeners might remember infomercials by a guy named Kevin Trudeau. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to speak on him personally, but I'm going to say that a lot of his shtick on the, he marketed a bunch of different things. I think the most popular one was the natural cures they don't want you to know about. And a lot of that was based off of anger. These people are conspiring. We mentioned the FDA earlier this podcast. Um, These people are keeping you sick. These people are hiding cures from you. And once you're whipped up and angry about it, here's something that you can do to stick it back to these people. You don't have to be dependent on their pills. You don't have to be dependent on their drug cartel. You can just go get some apple cider vinegar and everything's going to be okay. So get them angry and then give them a way to stick it to the people that they're angry at. Uh, It's a tried and true um, method and without saying anything particular about the, about that individual marketer, he did have some some smart tactics behind some of his stuff. He was a good marketer, but things didn't work out so well for him. So, um, yeah, uh, use this, but uh, caveat uh, marketer, um, you know, beware. Um, all right. So, anyway, that's our list of emotions for this show. Distress, recovery, disgust, fear, anger. Now, you may have noticed, as I mentioned before, that the negative emotions resolve positively, usually into some form of happiness, comfort, zest for living, opening back up to life again. And I want to reiterate that happiness is what our prospects want. And if you honestly believe that your product or service can lead them to happiness, then you owe it to your prospects, not only to tell them, but also to show them by letting them experience the emotional change they want in real life first in their imaginations as they read your copy. 
And on the next show, we'll go over six emotions. Again, I want to recommend this book. It's not mostly about emotions. Everything we covered today was out of two pages of a 300-page book, but book's really worth getting. It's called Intelligence in the Flesh by Guy Claxton, and we'll put a link to it for purchase on Amazon in the show notes in case you'd like to get it. Awesome. And next week we'll be covering some more emotions from the same book. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a list of 11 emotions. We covered five today, so we'll cover the remaining six next week. Nice. Uh, Until next week, if you want to get more of your copywriters podcast fix, you can head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and anything else before we're out of here. Just have an emotional day. All right, sweet man. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.